On today's show, we got some updates for you from Maple Leafs camp, including a possible Klingbird update. It's an interesting situation. So we'll get to that. And we'll also take a look around the league. It's American Thanksgiving. That's a big checkpoint in the year to figure out who's for real and who ain't. So we'll have those discussions as well on today's edition of the Lockdown Leafs podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Locked On Leafs podcast, a daily Maple Leafs centric podcast hosted by myself, Mike DiStefano, and my co-host, Dave Morasuti. We have new shows coming out each and every weekday, five days a week. If you are an everydayer, you know this, but if you're new, please, we would ask that you uh, subscribe to the podcast if you enjoy it. Uh, that would be greatly, greatly appreciated. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to our listeners down south. Uh, they do it right down there by the way i mean that's that's one thing that canada certainly could work on is our thanksgiving game because it's like a full week-long event four or five days minimum down south and i i for one support it and would love for canadians to adopt that method yeah i mean they get they got the thursday oh yeah by the way you're gonna go shopping the next day because we're gonna put down like Boxing day goes on sale. Yeah. Like, Boxing day deals on on the Black Friday. Oh, and then you also got the weekend. Well, Wednesday, the Wednesday before is known as the biggest bar night in America. Everyone's back in their hometowns, and they're all getting together with their old high school buddies, and they're all going out. Like, trust me, I I worked, uh, you know, I worked at a restaurant in Niagara Falls, Ontario. I worked at the Boston Pizza on Clifton Hill. And I remember the Wednesday before American Thanksgiving, all the 19 and 20 year olds from America that would come over and drink in Canada because it was legal for for them at 19 plus. Uh, It it was always a massively busy weekend in the bar scene uh, in Canada, specifically because you got all the Americans, the underagers there who are under 21, but of age in Canada. So uh, it's it's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. They got the weekend coming up. And then, you know, Sunday, you kind of start to to wind it down a little bit. And then Monday, usually you're out traveling and you don't really get back to work. Most of these people until like Tuesday or maybe Monday. But it's like a four or five day ordeal. I love it. I support it. And it's fantastic. But it's also a really good marker in the NHL where we take a look at, you know, where teams are on American Thanksgiving. They usually say you need to this point in the NHL to kind of know who your team is. You can start to figure out who's for real and who isn't in the NHL. It's not an exact science, but usually this is when, you know, teams start to separate themselves in the standings a little bit. So uh, we're going to take a look at each team in the NHL. We're going to start at the East, then we'll go into the Western Conference as well. So we'll do that in just a little bit. But let's uh, let's give an update to the good people about what's going on in Leafland first, because, you know, you listen to Lockdown Leafs. That's that's what they came here for is, is the yeah. the hardcore Leafs talk. And a um, couple of, of things to update you guys on. Dave, why don't you tell the good people what we saw happen with the practice lines today at uh, at uh, the Ford Performance Center? Well, I'm sure Mike was doing some cartwheels when he saw that Ryan Reeves was not practicing on the fourth line today. And it was Sir Bobby McMahon back. Uh, technically sent down to the Marlies. Brought a, what's, what's the situation here? Because, like, are they did they get called back up they were sending them down in the first place like it was made known by reporters that there was a paper transaction sending them down i'm kind of thinking that said paper transaction also brought them back up like it was one of those yeah because as you say as you point out like they need to be on the roster in order to practice you can't just bring a guy and well Another reason why we thought maybe they were sent down was to create the space for Connor Timmons, who was practicing today on the third pair. It looks like he might be good to go for Friday. Uh, hopefully that's the case, uh, especially with the, you know, Klingberg's injury still very much up in the air. Do have a slight update on that, though. We'll get to it in just a sec. Um, but that's what I thought the McMahon and Benoit 
uh, move was signaling was, okay, we got to send guys down to create this cap space. But if it was just a paper transaction and, and they're still planning on playing in these games coming up, now I'm a little more confused about what, what, what happened there. But that said, if Bobby McMahon is going to be in the lineup on Friday over Ryan Reeves, I don't want to question it. I do not care. Uh, these guys are smart. They know how to make the cap work. And I'm sure it all makes sense yeah. to Brandon Pridham and company. Um, we, we've seen them do weird things to accrue cap space throughout the year. So maybe by having them down for a day, they're able to accrue a couple more thousand dollars in cap space, which might lead to something late in the season where they you know, have an extra few hundred thousand dollars or something like that by doing these little paper deals throughout the season to make a deal. I don't know. We see this happen all the time with this team. They, they, they skirt the rules as much as possible. Um, but so yeah, McMahon, Benoit practicing with the team, uh, Timmins practicing on the third pair. Really like to see that. Obviously, hopefully he can get into the game, uh, this weekend for sure. And after, you know, a, a difficult injury, that he had a long-term one in, in which he had a real solid spring or uh, um, fall. His camp, training camp in September was phenomenal. Like this guy was putting up points like he was Kale McCarr. Like we're calling him, you know, Kale Timmons or, or Con or Timmons, as you were calling him at some point as well. Um, so it'll, it'll be good to get him back into the fold and see if he can pick up where he left off. Yeah, and, and we don't... This is probably the best opportunity Tyron Timmons will have to cement himself a place in this lineup because last year he was here, but then they made all those trades, and guess what? Tyron Timmons was on the outside looking in. Like the least need offense from this blue line. Mm -hmm. I know that they need to strengthen the defensive part of it too, but they also need guys to be able to chip in offensively. And really, ever since he's come to Toronto, there's been no better player doing that on this Leafs team than Connor Timmons. Yeah, he's been uh, he's been great in terms of like points per game. Yeah, he's right up there with Morgan Riley in terms of you know being offensive contributors from the back end. Uh, the reason why he has an opportunity to play though is because one, the injury to Timothy Lilligren, which there's no update there. He's still uh, he's still out of the lineup for the uh, the the time being. But this weird, strange absence from John Klingberg, who again there was an interesting hit. From um, there was an interesting hit from Darren Dreger earlier today on Overdrive that kind of touched on that situation. Why don't we play the hit and then we could kind of react to it on the other side? So, this is Darren Dreger on Overdrive, uh, kind of inferring what he thinks is going on with the John Klingberg situation. But I don't know, guys, without being deeply involved in what the Leafs are up to. Doesn't it kind of feel like this is a situation that is going to continue to linger with a player until they find a way to make that player more or less disappear? Yes. I mean, I, yeah. otherwise it doesn't make sense to me. Like, um, you know, again, if my, if, if, if my dating is correct on this and we're going back to mid October, well, that's several weeks ago and it obviously hasn't settled down. So look, injuries can linger. And with time off, yeah, he can get better. So I'm not locking myself in here. It just feels like LTI is going to be more likely than not, unless he magically resurfaces in the near future. Interesting. So I, I, I don't know, Dave. To me, it kind of sounded like he was hinting at maybe the Leafs are kind of stringing this along and maybe there's a possibility that they make him uh, – he used the word, not me, but like disappear somehow. And, and we, I mean, that's another kind of another phrase for Robita Island. Is it not? Well, the other part too is uh Drager also said like when he, when Klingberg sat out that one game and then came back, he said like a lot of people were surprised. Even some people on the Leafs themselves, which yeah. so means up top. So uh, that was like a two and a half minute clip. The initial little bit of that clip, there was a bit of information that I think is new. You let me know. I, I didn't hear about this. Maybe some have, but to me, this is new information. He's pinpointing this original injury back in, in a game against Florida at the beginning of the season, like a month ago. Over, Yeah, like over a month ago yeah. at this point is when the initial injury, to his knowledge, happened and he'd been playing through it and it was lingering and then yeah he missed that game against calgary but then played the last night 
uh, in that back-to-back before going to Sweden against Vancouver. And obviously maybe he re-aggravated whatever injury there was there. And then when he went to Sweden, they said that, you know, the flight didn't do it any, any good. And I mean, when you flow there, he he had to fly back. Right. So uh, maybe he stayed home in Sweden. Perhaps it's possible if if he's going to Robita Island, well, maybe he'll want to stay in Sweden and not have to take that flight back. But I believe he came back with the team. Um, But regardless, this is all kind of new information here uh, about the injury first being sustained apparently back in on October 18th against Florida. And it's been persistent and, you know, to this point where it still is nagging him. And I don't know if this is a narrative that they're trying to get out there. And that's kind of, they're playing a, a long game here where they're like, Oh, it's been a while. You know, he, he needs to repair something. He needs time off. We're going to put him on LTIR and make that contract disappear. So that's kind of what Dregs was hinting at. Yeah. I mean, the, the information about him injuring, like suffering this injury in that Florida game is that that's new because yeah. I hadn't heard it. And it gives us maybe, I mean, anyone that wants to go and do some investigative work to see uh, what exactly did he do in that Florida game to get hurt in the first place? Yeah. So th- th- that's a possibility too, but yeah, that it's it's nagging for this long, and you know what? Like players can play when they're injured. We've seen it many times. So like, for us to say, ah, oh, he but he played a game. Well, there's players who do that. There's players who'd say, you know what? Nah, I'm good. It's not really bothering me. I can play. And that's a player who obviously wants to get in the lineup. They'll say or do whatever they can to get in the lineup. Unfortunately, that sometimes that does more harm than good for a player that's dealing with an injury. Yeah. Yes, this is very true. So. That was back on, uh, yeah, Thursday, October 19th is the game. Apparently played 18 minutes and 50 seconds, which, I mean, if you look at the three games prior to that, he was above 20 minutes, 24, 21, 22 minutes at three games prior. This is the fourth game of the season that he supposedly suffered an injury. And then the next three games, he was under 20 minutes again. 1850, 1741, 1852. And then the injuries started to pile up on this blue line and they had to play him a lot. And then you saw the numbers creep back up 23 minutes, 20 minutes, played 25 minutes in that loss to Buffalo when he was atrocious on the ice for four goals against uh, in that game. And then you saw the numbers dip below again and then he missed the game and we know what happened to Vancouver. So I mean, I guess if you're looking at ice time, perhaps this this does kind of tell the story, perhaps. Um, but it, it it look, Drags wouldn't come out with this information if he didn't believe it to be true. And if he didn't believe that, you know, this was leaning towards an LTIR situation, whether that's literally Robodot Island where we don't see him again for the year or it's just a very long-term thing, I do not know, obviously. Uh, but... It doesn't sound as though John Klingberg is going to be returning to the Leafs anytime soon. No. And uh, hopefully then we get a little more because the Leafs have to figure out if he's out for long term, how long and what they do with, you know, his spot in the lineup going forward. Yeah. And that was another thing, too, that was that was mentioned by um, by by Dregs like. If a trade were to have been imminent, at like there was a rumor that apparently Toronto and Calgary were just waiting for the Leafs to get back before pulling the trigger on the Zadorov and Tanev trade. If something were more imminent, uh, he believes Klingberg would have already been placed on LTIR. But uh, perhaps the fact that he hasn't been yet maybe suggests that there's not as imminent as a trade as some people suggested there may be uh, between the Leafs and Flames or, or any blue liner. Um, by the way, tomorrow for uh, for Friday show for Black Friday, I think we should do a segment, you know, going, uh, you know, shopping for Black Friday. Let's go shop for some defensemen. We'll look at some of the blue liners in the NHL uh, that the Maple Leafs maybe could go and, and inquire on and try and get a good deal on Black Friday. But so that's a little nugget for tomorrow's show. So make sure you're subscribed so that you know when that show comes out uh, for sure. Uh, all right. Let's. um Let's take a break, Dave, and uh, we'll come back and let's get into our uh, league roundup. Uh, like we said, American Thanksgiving, it's a good time to kind of take a peek around the NHL and see what everyone's up to. So we'll start with the Eastern Conference and then we'll do the West, uh, the teams out West. So we'll do all that when we return. But first, a word from our show sponsors. 
Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. It's Mike DiStefano and Dave Morissuti. We are hosts here at Locked On Leafs. We are a daily Maple Leaf-centered podcast. Uh, it's your team every day, and we do uh, cover the Maple Leafs each and every day, Monday through Friday. So uh, if you enjoyed the show, hopefully you can leave a like on the video, uh, leave a comment if you would down below as well, subscribe also. And uh, if you're listening on iTunes, leave a review, a little five stars and a review would be nice as well. Uh, all of that helps with the algorithm and helps the show grow. And uh, with that, let's get to our league-wide roundup at the American Thanksgiving point. Like we've mentioned prior, this is about the time where you can start to understand what teams are. Uh, teams start to separate themselves in contenders and pretenders, and we're going to basically just go up and down the roster or go up and down the, the standings chart if you want to pull it up, Dave. And uh, we'll we'll just give a quick, quick little talk about each team and if we think that they are contenders or pretenders at this point in the season. So we're we're probably we're not going to talk about Toronto because we talk about Toronto all the time. I think we can basically just say we believe this team is a contender. They won four straight. They got a lot of really good teams, and they always play well in the regular season, so they'll be fine. Uh, so we do believe that Toronto will be among the contenders by the end of the year. But why don't we start off with uh, with the Boston Bruins here, who are right up at the tip top of the Eastern table, 14-1-3 with 31 points. They still have yet to lose a game in regulation on home ice, a plus 25 goal differential uh, for the Bruins in just 18 games. That is insane. Uh, where are you at with Boston? You, you think they're for real? Are they as good as they were a year ago? I'm just annoyed, man. Like this team, they like they're given every reason to take a step back, and they refuse to. I think what's really done it for them is that their defense, at least, like they're able to keep the puck out of that. That they have that one-two punch in that that continues to work, and 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 they still can score, right? I mean, they're not top of the league in scoring, but they're in a good range, right? They're they got 63 goals. I think the Leafs are at 62. Yes, the Bruins have played one more game than the Leafs, but that 38 goals against that goal differential—that's what it is. They play responsibly defensively while still putting pucks in the net. You hate to say it, but it's something to admire. They're for real, man. It's 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 for real, and it's a culture. Yeah, they lost Patrice Bergeron, the best defensive forward in the game. They lost David Krejci, who was a top six player for them. Charlie McAvoy was suspended for four games throughout this throughout this season, including a game against Toronto. What'd they do? Oh, they just went on to, to win all those games. No biggie. No big deal, right? McAvoy goes down. He's a top five defenseman in the league, maybe. And uh, what do they do? They just next man up. Keep it rolling. Keep it moving. It's exactly what they've done. Uh, I'm I'm done doubting Boston. I'm just done doing it. Like last year, I was like, eh, I don't think so. They got all those injuries. Might be the year they take a step back. They only went on to be the best team in the, literally in in all of hockey when it comes to uh, it, like in in the entire uh, history of hockey uh, in terms of regular season success. And I mean, they're on par for a. a just as good a season, it seems like, to this point. The only thing we can say is it didn't lead to playoff success, so we're happy about that. We are happy about that. Uh, the New York Rangers, 13-3-1, uh, 27 points through 17 games. Uh, I believe they just had a one nothing shutout tonight. Jonathan Quick with the shutout as well, which is super impressive. He's been unbelievable so far for, for the Rangers. I like that move as soon as they made it, too. Like him as a backup. He's from there too. So but, like but like he was with Vegas last year and he didn't even play. Like he was their third string goalie in the playoffs. Yeah. They didn't even give him a chance. That was just for insurance because you know they had Aiden Hill. Logan Thompson was still dealing with the injury. And I think, well, who's the uh, Laurent Bossois was also with them too. So they needed that insurance. They didn't want goaltend to be the reason why they lost. But yeah, this Rangers team. They're for real, man. You know what? The biggest, and I was, I, I edited an article for Sportsnet uh, that Ryan Dixon wrote, and like the biggest plus for them, Laffy. Alex, what's that? Laffy, Alexis Lafreniere. Yep, scored the game winner tonight too. He's got. I, I this is obviously not updated from tonight's game, but going to this game, eleven points in sixteen games. Yeah, I understand he's a yeah. first overall pick, and you expect more from him. But they were talking about trading this dude. 
and cutting their losses. Yeah, he scored his eighth goal tonight. Eight goals through uh, through seventeen games. So I mean, that's that's thirty thirty five goal pace he's on right now. Yeah, that's that's a big development for the New York Rangers. And, and look, they've always had a top tier defense, right? Like you've got Ale- Adam Fox, one of the top defensemen in the league. You've got Igor Shosturkin in net. Now you've got a second guy in goal and Jonathan Quick. You've got Panarin. You've got Zibanejad. You know, Chris Kreider was up there. Now you got Laffey playing the way that he's playing. They've got Blake Wheeler in the fold as well. As Eric a veteran out there. has 12 points in 16 games. Yep. There's also that. There is also that, and a lot of people will tell you that Eric Gustafson should have got uh, should have been brought back to Toronto over John Klingberg. On top but, of that, it's not like he's playing shelter. He's playing 19 minutes a night. Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. <laughs> but yeah, Rangers, they're for real. That 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 team's for real. I mean, we, we knew that going into the year, um, but at this point, 13, three and one, a 794 save percentage or uh, win uh, points percentage. Yeah, they're for real. They are definitely cup contenders. We're out with the Florida Panthers, Dave. This is a weird team. I they they have in this they're they've kind of got the Bruiness that like where I thought they were gonna be struggling because no Ekblad, no Montour, Sam Bennett was also hurt. But then Sam Reinhardt's like, oh yeah, I need a new contract. <laughs> I need to play really well. And so he had he's leading the, like he's near the league leading uh points. He has 25 points in 19 games. On 13 goals. So he's he's helped them in a big way because like Matthew Kachuk has not like he's got 17 points in 19 games. He's he's that's the biggest surprise to me for the Panthers. They're doing so well, even though Matthew Kachuk isn't playing at his best. Yeah, I mean they're they're getting some decent goaltending, but ultimately, yeah, you, you the, the big thing here for Florida is they're getting uh, otherworldly stuff out of uh, out of Sammy Reinhardt. And, and it's not just offensively. It's on both ends of the ice. Yeah, like you said, 25 points. Guy's got 13 goals. 13 goals. Like, he's he's up in the stratosphere of, of, Austin, uh, Matthews, of right Matthews right now. Like, it's, it's unbelievable. Now, I believe he has a, yeah, 25% shooting <laughs> percentage. So that's going to come down for sure. Yeah. And not Matthew Chuck's not going to be shooting at a 3.7%. Either. No, no. So though, but those law of averages should average out, and maybe they'll continue with the same success. I also saw today on NHL Network that uh, I want to say it was Kevin Weeks saying he believes that the Panthers are the current front runners for Patrick Kane, and that decision could be coming by the end of the weekend. It makes so much sense too. That's what hurts. Yeah, like for Patrick Kane, you get to play in Florida. Yep. And you get to play with Kachuk, who I'm sure he would like to play with, and yeah, play with American the- superstar. Yeah, so oh, that would make so much sense that it hurts. Yeah, Showtime, absolutely it would. And, I mean, and you know, Bob's playing well, but they did all this without Ekblad, and uh, yeah, yes, play, okay, but they did this all without Ekblad and Montour. Now you're giving them their top two defensemen back, and maybe adding Patrick Kane. I mean, yeah, this is a team that's going to be dangerous, dangerous the rest of the year. They're, they're for real. Yeah, I, and even like they, they found ways to augment that, like Ekman Larson. Yeah, he's not amazing, but hey, he's kind of had a re- he's rebounding right now. He's averaging twenty three minutes a night. He's kind of been their workhorse. Eleven points in nineteen games. Yeah, defensively, there's still issues there, but he's now going to get favorable now that Montour is back and the Ekblad is going to be back soon. It's going to help Larson that he doesn't have to have all that pressure put on him. So I think he helped them in a big way to stay afloat with those two guys out. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Really quickly. Let's just run down kind of the rest of these teams here, Dave, um, in the Eastern conference, uh, the Tampa Bay lightning. I mean, they're, uh, 23 points to 20 games. They're above 500. Uh, I think that this group nine, six and five, uh, right now, I mean, the Lightning, right now. well, I mean, yeah, like they're, they're above 500 without Vasilevsky. You get Bassey back in net who's expected to come back in the next couple of weeks. I believe I saw he's practicing. Uh, they'll, yeah. they'll be perfectly fine. They got 70 goals this year. I think that that might lead the league or maybe second. Not, yeah. He's second to, to Vancouver. I think, um, you give them, 
all-world goaltending again with Vassy. Yeah, the Tampa Bay Lightning, they're not going anywhere. They're for real. Capitals. You believe in this Capitals team? They've won like five in a row. We've seen, well, here's the thing. We've seen the bad Washington Capitals. We're starting to see the good Washington Capitals. I think they're an average team. Like, right now, what? how they're playing, like, they're like, kind of, yeah, they went on this five-game uh, winning streak that helps kind of even out things after how bad things started, but I think eventually things are going to start going downhill again for them. I just don't have faith that they're they're an old team. They don't really have a lot of young guys. It's going to be hard for them to sustain what they what they've been doing the last few weeks. And they've been doing it without OV scoring, which is yeah. kind of weird. Like you would think if the Caps are, you know, a top ten team in the league right now, in which they are, that OV would be doing some damage, but he really isn't. Like he's been off to a slow start, just five goals through fifteen games. Like that's not great that's not been better defensively that's probably been what's helped them a lot but well team, they, they got a healthy john carlson how much you think that's helping them oh huge but i yeah. think yeah like until ov starts scoring that's gonna be their big issue they're not gonna have enough offense to to sustain this i think yeah uh, i think they're frauds by the way i think that's a team that's a yeah, pretender that's, that yeah they're, i they're think going they're to come back to earth i i I was looking at the the uh expected numbers too they're like 26th in expected goal differential uh for a team that currently is like at an even zero just 43 goals for 43 goals against uh their expected goal differential is like 46 percent. so i think that they're gonna they're they're gonna take a tumble yeah they'll leak a lot a little bit yeah charlie lindgren is not going to be the savior of their season like he has been in the last few games here uh carolina hurricanes they just dummied the edmonton oilers tough scene over there in edmonton uh but carolina starting to pick it back up after a bit of a slow start yeah they're my issue with them goaltending frederick Anderson, mm-hmm. he's got a blood clotting issue right now yeah. so he's gonna be out long term auntie ronta got hurt tonight i think it was tonight or he got hurt in there so there was tonight. so there that's a team that Brought in Yarrow Halak on a PTO just to have another goaltender around. Well, they released him too. Like he's not even there anymore. Yeah, I think they had to release him. Like I, I think they 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 probably felt okay with uh with what they had, but with Ronta hurt now, I again I don't know if that team there might be a team that either looks for a goaltender or has to hope for their goaltending to help be healthy again. And Ronta's had injury issues in the yeah. past, so like this is something that they're gonna have to sort out. Chekhov's pretty, pretty good young goalie though. I think he'll he struggled be, a little bit this year, but he can he'll be okay. He can get back if just give him some confidence. Yeah, I think they'll be okay. It, it, like opposite of Washington, they're a team that's like top five in expected goal differential. So law of averages says they'll uh, they'll start to pick it back up. Why don't we take a quick break? We'll come back and we'll finish up the Eastern Conference. Maybe we can do the West uh, tomorrow. Because uh, I don't think we're going to have enough time to fit both of them in. We just got so much stuff to say about these teams in the East. Uh, we're a little, we're a little giddy about it. So we'll take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll finish off the bottom feeders in the Eastern Conference. Uh, you're listening to the Lockdown Leafs Podcast, part of Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Welcome back into the Lockdown Leafs Podcast. It's Mike DiStefano and Dave Morasuti. Leafs uh, still with an off day. Don't play until Friday. Uh, they, they get the Black Friday game as they'll be taking on the Chicago Blackhawks. It's a 2 p.m. start for the Maple Leafs. And we got staggered starts on Friday. So it's like a full Black Friday of hockey, which is going to be awesome um, for those who are going to be in Turkey Coma in the States. They can sit back and relax, watch some hockey. There's going to be a 3 p.m. football game as well. Should be a lot of, lot of good stuff uh, after you do your morning shopping. An afternoon of hockey and football and sports. You chill out at night. It's going to be a tremendous Friday for all of the American uh, listeners of the pod. Uh, So we're going to continue through with our um, Eastern Conference roundup. We finished off at the Detroit Red Wings, who sit right in the middle of the conference. They're eighth in the conference right now. Above 500 with a 9-6-3 record through 18 games. Um, they are a plus eight goal differential, but this is a team that's really started to slow down. They got off to a wicked hot start at the beginning of the year. Now about 500 in their last, uh, their last five, uh, their last 10 games. I think they've lost like six of their last seven or something like that, or four of the last five. I think it may be, uh, 
what's going on with Detroit? Are they a team that's for real or is this a pretender here? I think the issue is, is they got off to such a hot start because the Brinkin and Larkin were just crushing teams. Yeah, right? well, I, like, yeah, like 40% shooting. <laughs> like, yeah, insane. right? Like, a lot was going right for Detroit, right? James Reimer was playing excellent. He's leveled off a bit. Lily Huso, that continues to be yikes for them, like with that contract that they signed him to. So they had they had lost for their last five games, but then uh, they actually beat the Devils. We're recording this at, like, 11 o'clock Wednesday night. Yeah. They beat the Devils tonight 4 nothing. But yeah, the Devils have been struggling. We'll get to them in a minute. We will. Um, Alex Lyon is now going to be dubbed the savior again for another team because the Lion King in Detroit. It's like you have it. You have a trouble. You have a problem. You need a third goal to come and sort it out. Call our guy Alex Lyon. That's did he totally get the shutout tonight? Uh, did he get a shutout tonight? No uh, way. It was probably Jimmy Reimer. It was Alex Lyon. Wow, Alex Lyon. Did get the shutout tonight for the Detroit Red Wings. Stopped 16 of 16 shots for the shutout. I don't Lion. know if he brought this up but with the Oilers struggles. Somebody brought, some people were bringing up James Reimer as a potential uh, option for them to go and look at. Wouldn't hate it. I'm a team. I'm calling Detroit about Alex Lyon right now. Like <laughs> the least play, I think when the least played him, it was Alex Lyon in net. Like he's, he's, yeah, I, I, I go with him as my 1A starter. No, but this is a guy that if you need starts, you need quality starts from, he can step in and provide them. Although the Devils were pretty brutal tonight, so I couldn't give it all to Alex Lyon. I think they only had like 16 shots on that. Yeah, uh, just, yeah. Wasn't but great. like Reimer, like that's the, that's the thing for them. Their goaltending isn't really there, and I think their blue line is still still average. That's a, that's a blue line that I think is... Like other than you know cider, who do you look at on this blue line and say, yeah, that's a, that's a uh, maybe Wallman. Other than it's that, an like aging, it's an it's an aging blue line. It's old. Yeah. Like they got Jeff Petrie, they've got Ben Sherratt. I Holy mean Masa. Justin Hole. Justin Hole is on there. A big uh, hole on that blue line. Yeah. So yeah, but I look. I think the biggest issue here is like they were they gave them this fan base false hope because they started out the year five and one five and one to start the year and you saw an absolute shooting machine in uh in, in alex debrinkett who had one two three four five six nine goals in those first six games of the year since then though just two games in his last what one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven just two goals his last eleven games. Go figure that the team is not winning games since that uh, that little mini slide has started for Alex to bring it. Yeah, I think uh, I think something were to say that there was going to be a downhill coming there for sure. Yeah, yeah, I think I wrote about it in the hockey news when I wrote about his young guns when he was rated like first star the opening week or something like that. I was like, I would sell that card now. Cause uh, I think he's going to fall off a cliff again. Uh, anyways, let's move on to the Philadelphia flyers who to this point might be one of the biggest um, surprisers, I guess you could say of the, the conference right now uh, coming into tonight. I suppose they, they, Actually, up until Washington and Carolina won their games today. But when I was looking at the standings earlier, Philadelphia was second in the Metro. Granted, again, there's you know a bunch of teams that are right in and around the same thing. But it was pretty jarring to see Philadelphia as the second-ranked team in the division this morning when I looked at the, uh, the, the standings. Yeah, I actually just made a trade to acquire Carter Hart because I needed a, another goaltender in one of my fantasy leagues. Okay. Didn't pay much for him, but... He's actually, he hasn't been too bad. He was out with an injury for a little bit, but, you know, a lot being said about his future and what was going to happen to him. And he's, he's delivered six, three and one, just under 920 save percentage. Like, that's what you need out of Carter Hart. Mm -hmm. And then it, it's funny because it's, it's not one player doing it for this team. It's like a, it's a group effort, right? Travis Sanheim leads this team in points. Really? Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Did you see that one trade proposal from um oh who was it? Uh, uh 
Corwin McCallum from Bar Down. His trade proposal to bring Travis Sanheim to Toronto. Oh, I think I did, and I wanted to throw up. It was quite aggressive. Like, I mean, Corwin's kind of a buddy of mine. You know, know the guy pretty well from working at TSN. I had had him on Leafs lunch a couple of times. I've chat with him in the hallway, but yeah, that was that was uh, that was a tough take. It was like Matthew Nyes, John Klingberg, a first, a second, and I think maybe even Robertson might have been included in that deal, or or Abruzzi. Somebody was included in that deal. Um, for Travis Sanheim. And it was like, what? You want to throw nice first and second round picks? Like, okay, I get it. You want to move on from Klingberg's deal, but that's aggressive. But anyways, totally off topic. Just I'll say this. Another story from the Flyers here. I think the biggest story it's been is Morgan Frost has been in the doghouse. Mm. Only played healthy scratch 10 games this year. This is a guy who was like... I thought it was going to be a great prospect for him for them and first round pick, wasn't he? Uh, he was, yeah, like late first round pick for him. And I don't know what they're doing with him. Like this is a guy mm-hmm. who had forty six points last year. I, I guess maybe this is a tough love approach, which sounds like the Flyers in a lot of ways. But yeah, that's the situation I would keep an eye on because I he's not asking for a trade out, but the Rumblings are saying that. This is not something he wants to be a part of long term after that he's going to be in the doghouse for not really great reasons. Yeah, I'd imagine so. But, you know, young 20 or 20 ish, 20, what's he, maybe 23, 24, yeah. maybe year old uh, forward, former first rounder. Someone will take the chance on him. Yeah. Uh, Lou and the New York Islanders, seven, six, and five, 19 points through 18 games. Uh, a minus 11 goal differential. They have not gotten stellar goaltending from Ilya Sorokin, which is honestly a little concerning if you're the Islanders because he's your backbone of the team. If he ain't stopping pucks, this team's not going to win many games. They're not scoring. That's the big issue. Anders Lee has like one goal this year, if that. That's that's a team that, yeah, you go out and you make the deal for Bo Horvat, but Bo Horvat can't be counted on to be an elite offensive player. That's just not, he's the two way guy. Like he is their Patrice Bergeron. They need someone to provide offense. Barzell hasn't really been doing it. Like they need, they, that's the big issue for them. They need to find the offense. Yeah. That's always been kind of their problem. Um, yeah. Pierre Engvall signed that big deal, right? Eight had to get him in there. Seven years had to sign him seven years. Well, he's got you one goal through 16 games. I don't know how. Uh, you still you know, upset you the police on heaven, Mike? You still upset about that one? I mean, if it was good. Uh, listen, at three mil times seven, no, I'm not upset. But as a fourth line, like if yeah, Pierre Engvall at Ryan Reeves money, love it. Love it at, at what he's making now. No, no chance. Beyonders lead two goals through 17 games. That's that's tough. That's tough. Their leading goal scorer, Brock Nelson, has eight. Yeah, they got five from Horvat. Uh, Noah Dobson's second on the team with five goals as a blue liner. Like, that's how kind of porous it's been. He leads the team. 15 points leads the team. Noah Dobson's a good defenseman, by the way. I will say yes. that. Uh, all right. So what do you think? Do you think that that team is is like contenders? Like, they seem to always be in the mix at the end of the year. But is this the year that they, you know, don't make it? I think it is. I think they they haven't been able to get that good scoring player. Like they they lack the scoring unless they go out and find a way to bring some offense in. I don't see it happening. We'll see where they sit in terms of expected goal differential in the NHL. I don't think it's high. The one thing I'll say with the Flyers, their expected goal differential, they're top ten in the NHL, sit ninth um, in expected goal. So that's actually a positive for them. The Islanders, twenty first in the league. So right around where they rank in terms of uh you know points that's about where they're at in terms of expected goal differential so yeah we'll see what happens with uh, with the islanders but i don't have high hopes uh pittsburgh penguins so weird because the penguins it's like they either blow out teams or they get blown out that that seems to be the only two options with the penguins yeah. this season and like you're getting a really good year from sydney crosby Jake Gensel, another guy who has who Scott. needs a new contract, is just like, 
yeah, I'm I'm a I'm gonna be paid. So he's doing well right now. Um, goaltending, gee, I guess giving Tristan Jari that money wasn't the best of ideas for this Pittsburgh Penguins. He are his you, numbers are you, aren't. Is this is this like a a straight direct jab at uh, our good pal Kyle Dubas or what? It's almost like you know he wasn't always perfect with all the moves he made, especially in net. But like, he hasn't terrible Jari, though. He hasn't no. been bad though. Like nine, ten, like, not bad, but the record's not there. Like, he's six and eight. He has a losing record right now. Yeah, eight. but again, I think it's it's more so him not getting a whole lot of run support. Although I will say this, I'm pretty sure. So Tristan Jari. He either has a really, really good game or a really, really bad game. Like, that's yeah. kind you of... You don't know what you get. Yeah, you There's don't know what you're going to get. Yeah, like, he'll either... So, let me let me take a look at, at his uh, at his game logs because I'm pretty sure I was looking at them earlier this season and it was like, okay, he either is going to have a shutout or he's going to allow five goals. <laughs> it was pretty much that's that's what it was. Like, yeah, so he's either allowed three-plus goals in every game except for so he has four shutouts this year four shutouts right but he's allowed three plus goals in every other game but one exactly that's, right that's been his season yeah <laughs> i will say right. eric carlson's lease worked out pretty well for them 17 wow. points 18 games over 24 minutes we knew they were gonna score yeah. points though it was how's it gonna work defensively that was always going to be yeah the concern there when it came to, to Carlson, but seems to be doing all right. In that playoff, regard. Like, team? playoff team. If they can get, if they can, I think they, I think they can make the playoffs as at least a wild card team. I think with the way the Metro is, like we really think Philly and New York, like those are the two teams are battling right now. I think, uh, well, as of right now, as of right now, I'm looking at the the Metro, and they are not in a playoff spot. No. Uh, the Rangers, the Capitals, and the Hurricanes are there, and uh, the Flyers, the Islanders are above them. They're fifth in the wild card. Fifth in the wild card, man. Interesting. I mean, they'll get. They'll, they'll they'll get there. It's gonna take some time, but I do think uh, with this Penguins team, like Washington's gonna, as we said, Washington's gonna drop off a bit. I think Philly, Philly too. Philly too the Islanders really if the Islanders make a move maybe but I don't see it well you think the the, the, the Devils who I guess are a team that we'll get to yeah here. that's that's true too but like I think that's why I thought it was a wild card team I don't have them in the division because I think the Devils will, will get back into it hopefully yeah the Devils you look at it goaltending has been the big issue there right 66 yeah. goals against uh so far through 17 games they're 500 hockey team uh, at eight, eight and one through seventeen games, lost four nothing to Detroit uh, last night. Tough, tough loss there. Um, but they also have had their fair share of injuries. Jack Hughes was out for a couple of weeks there. He's back now, but uh, still clearly not a hundred percent. Nico Heischer has been out for a couple of weeks, and he's not. Uh, he's not there. Like that. That's their bread and butter, right? That one-two punch down the middle is is how they're able to you know, go wave after wave after wave of offense. When you've got guys having to play up the lineup a little bit and you're missing those two, um, yeah, they're they're going to struggle. And, and you're not getting a whole lot out of um, Timo Meyer either, which has been a bit of a surprise this season too. So uh, the Devils... I think he's uh, been benched a few times too, like in games. because Yeah, yeah, it's it's been weird, weird for him. Dawson Mercer too, after a breakout season last year, I think he's only got like three goals so far this season. So he's having kind of a slump, um, not a sophomore, whatever you would call a third year slump, tertiary slump. I don't know, but uh, you know, like all of those things kind of going against them. I would imagine this is probably the one team that I look at. Who's on the outside looking into a playoff spot. And I think this is the biggest, like, you know, falsehood. There is the devils are a much better hockey club than 500. The devils will certainly be in the mix for not only a playoff spot, but in Stanley Cup contention uh, when all said and done. Yeah, I do. I think so. Like, that's a team that's so good, so tough to play against. Power rank the Sabres, Sens, and uh, Canadians for me right now. Um, I would say in that Sabres, Senators, and Canadians. Actually, I put Senators over the Sabres. Senators, Sabres, Canadians, I would say. 
Yeah, I think I go the exact same route. Like Buffalo, the big thing with Buffalo is just the goaltending, man. They they also are not getting good goaltending. They've allowed 61 goals through 19 games, a dash mm. uh, seven in goal differential. They're 8-9-2, a 474 uh, win percentage, which is below the Devils, below the Ottawa Senators as well. But it's just, you know, they're not getting the goaltending and then Tage Thompson out for another, like, you know, month at least. Um, that's a and big he, lock, And he man. wasn't really hitting. He wasn't really, like, scoring at the pace he was last year either. Well, right. that's why this team was 500 when he got hurt, though. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? They, so now, now you really take him away. It's probably going to remain a 500 club in his absence. Although I will say Zach Benson, I don't know if you saw his first NHL goal tonight. Woo! Was that ever a beauty? I, oh, the only the time I'll ever clap for the Sabres was for that goal he scored. Yeah. You guys got to go find that little between the legs. How do you do over the shoulder, the goaltender, bar down, everything you could possibly want in as your first NHL goal? Oh, it was beautiful. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful stuff. Uh, the Sens off to a you know, a bit of a tough start, but they're starting to win some games here as we, you know, typically see of the Sens uh, once they get through that first six week fog, which seems to happen literally every single year. But they won three in a row. They were, they had a, a perfect record when they were out in uh, in Sweden. So I was looking to or I was chatting with our, our buddy Ross from Locked on Sens uh, when we did the national show today. The Sens are the weirdest schedule. So like they also went out to uh out to sweden along with toronto obviously they didn't play each other which i thought was bizarre but so they were in a situation where they didn't play that whole week leading up to the game which similarly to toronto then they played two games when they were there and then they're not going to play again for basically the whole week as they return then they have a back-to-back this weekend friday saturday and then they're off again until the following friday they have four games in a 19 game span and ross is telling me by december 1st the Ottawa Senators will have played seven less games than the Tampa Bay Lightning. That schedule is bizarre. It's it's weird. It I don't I don't understand how NHL how the NHL thinks that's a good thing for teams because then they're gonna have to find a way to make up these games. And like it's good for Ottawa in some regard because they gotta work through some injuries and things like that, or just bad play in general too. Like, but they were banged up to start the year, so. Not the worst thing to get some rest for these guys, but at the same time, that also means later in the year they're going to have a lot of games stuffed down their throats. That's right. That's right. So we'll see what ends up happening there. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens sitting 15th in the Eastern Conference right now. 7-9. What's that? Expected. Like, As expected. Yeah. 7-9-2, yeah. a 4-44 points percentage minus 14 goal differential and uh yeah it's 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 not going well for the montreal canadians who have lost four in a row as well two seven one in their last 10 games they are um, currently winning the game uh in anaheim as we're talking right now but not saying they are much. who we thought they were though like let's let's be honest no one expected the montreal canadians to be a good team like the, these are these are not contenders no, they're not. No, not at all. Although no. they did get their first win against Boston, like God knows how many years. They did oh, that that curse. I think actually Slavkovsky's finally starting. He's starting to play better. Like that. It, I mean, he's not playing at a first overall pick level yet, but he's getting better in terms of he's finding his confidence, and that's that's that right now. Don't care about the wins, Montreal. Care about getting these guys. Playing confidently, him, Ken Gooley, they need that. They need goals from Cole Caulfield, man. Like that guy was, I mean, being touted as like one of the best goal scorers in the league. He's got only five goals through 18 games so far. Not the best, not the best, but again, somewhat expected from uh, from a lowly Montreal team. And that brings us to the Babcockless Columbus Blue Jackets who have, I believe, a league-high 20 games played already. Uh, 5, 11, and 4, 14 points on the season, a minus 15 goal differential, and that's including, Dave, including the 7-3 shellacking they just put on the Chicago Blackhawks today. So those numbers were even worse when you woke up this morning than when you will go to bed. Uh, but yeah, Columbus, I mean... 
I thought they were going to be better. I'll be honest. I, I, I'm pretty sure on this show, I know I said on the national show that I felt Columbus might be in the mix for a wild card spot, uh, but obviously not the case. I, they're they're getting no goaltending from Merz Leakins, and they're not getting anything from their backups either. Uh, minus 15 goal differential. You got like one goal going into tonight from uh, from Patrick Line, who got healthy scratched the other day. You're getting nothing out of Goudreau. I think I saw that this is the first time in Goudreau's career that he went his first uh, like 18 or 19 games of the season without double digit points. Like, so you're getting nothing from him. The whole team is is just it's been a mess from start to finish, right from before training camp with the Babcock stuff, all the way through till. You know, healthy scratching line of him coming out talking about how embarrassed he was and how he felt that wasn't necessarily the way to go. It's it's a mess in Columbus, man. An absolute mess. They, not contenders. Let me say that. I was, I was wrong. Not contenders. I'm gonna say this. This is likely gonna be the season where you start to see, considering what happened in the offseason, I think you're gonna see some changes there in management. I think John, I think Davidson and Kirk Alinen, I think uh if something doesn't change soon, those guys are going to be given their walking papers. Yeah, I mean, Kekalein has been around for a long time there, a long time. And look, he brought them to, a, you know, they won their first two uh, playoff rounds, I believe, under Kekalein. And so, like, he, he's got a little bit of a, a buffer there. But, I mean, outside of Boone Jenner, who's got eight goals, you're not getting anything from anyone. Uh, again, Jack Roslovic has two goals this year. Uh, you got two goals from Johnny Goudreau. Uh, Cole Sillinger still looking for his first goal of the season. Ken Johnson's only pl- has played in less than half the games, and he only had a goal in those eight games that he that he had played. It's just not going well for uh, for this group at all. Even Kirill Marchenko, who had a pretty solid rookie season last year, uh, just nine points so far. Fantilli, just nine points so far. Uh, they're not getting much of anything from anybody. And then obviously the, the goaltending, both sub 900 goaltending with uh, goals above average uh, goals against averages of over 3.3. So yeah, it's, it's, it's not been good uh, all around for the Columbus blue jackets, not contenders. No. All right. We'll do the West tomorrow. I think uh, 50 minutes is enough, enough talking for us. We could do the West on tomorrow's show. Uh, as we continue with the kind of Thanksgiving Day mark roundup type of thing. But that'll do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcast platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morris Sudi and follow the show as well at Lockdown Leafs. Go ahead, smash that like button if you're watching here on YouTube. Leave a comment down below as well. And uh, we'll be back with another episode for you guys tomorrow. Once again, happy holidays to those down south. Enjoy your turkey and Thanksgiving. Until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.